This is Pound in Victory. Well, once again, we want to welcome everybody to the podcast. Christina is here, Carlos, Lynette, and myself, and we're ready to converse with everybody out there. Thank you so much for not saying conversate. So many people say conversate, and it's always converse. Okay, I'm glad I did something (laughs) (laughs) After I just gave you notes. Yeah, no, that was very good. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, um, and Christina just informed me that we have a Facebook page. You knew we had a Facebook page, but I'm telling you, you got to plug it. Okay. So, go that, like our Facebook page. Oh, please do. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash crown and victory podcast. Or you can just search in the search bar, crown and victory podcast. And you can like and follow. And you can do the same thing on Spotify. So, if you go to Spotify and you're listening on Spotify or Apple, podcast or audible or amazon music anywhere where you're listening all of those platforms have a way for you to follow or subscribe to the podcast so on spotify because i'm subscribed first of all i can rate episodes or the podcast in general which is always very helpful and then every time you have a new episode come out i get a notification on my phone right on the screen that says hey Crown of Victory has a new episode. So if people follow and subscribe to the podcast on wherever they're listening, it's very helpful as well. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we really trust that people will do that. Yeah. And we want to thank everybody ahead of time for doing it. Yes. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So tonight... Um, we want to maybe talk about something that's so common and people don't realize it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a guy on the radio around here for a couple of years. Now he's not on there anymore. But he opened his show every time by saying, why do they call it common sense when it's so uncommon? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a Paul Harvey thing. It was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so tonight I want I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, when when people in in general around the world, mm-hmm. you know, they see something evil happen, they have opinions about it that God's involved in it, right? And He's causing it or, or allowing it. Allowing, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know that's that stuff is not true but i'll give you a quick little example you know from coming to our church um there was a guy that started coming and he's learned a lot since he'd been there Mm -hmm. Uh, then he was invited to a wedding and a couple hundred miles from home and he went to it and he was seated at a table of eight Mm -hmm. and the people got in a discussion about the world and the conditions of it and things that were going on that were not good and they, in unison, started talking about how God's doing this. Well, he had learned enough from coming to our church that he, after 35, 40 minutes of him doing that, he stopped him 
And mm-hmm. he said, hold on. And he took his phone out and he pulled up scripture and he wanted to read them scripture. Can you hear and the airplane? <laughs> With these headphones on, they must be trying to land here. <laughs> it's really loud. That's why I'm stopping you. Because it will be in the background the whole time you're talking. Are you going to be reading? The windows are open, too. Yeah, I'm going to be reading, if you want. We have to wait until that leaves. It's really loud. Yeah. Must be a helicopter, huh? Yeah, it's a helicopter. Yeah, it must be because it's going too slow away. What what's your first verse? Ephesians or Romans rather, I'm sorry. Romans chapter six. Okay. So anyway, you were talking about how they were the the people at the table were talking about they were blaming God. Yeah. And all the bad, wicked things that were going on, he, he had to have a hand, have a hand in it. And they were trying to figure out why the world was in the condition it was in. Right. And if God's so great and he's so good, why is this? Why is that? Which is always interesting to me because I've heard people do this a lot as well. And especially nowadays, the interesting part about it is that nobody is ever willing to take any sort of responsibility or accountability for the state of the world for themselves. They're very interested in throwing that on someone else, or in this case, a deity, God, they want to blame anything but themselves. They don't want to take any sort of responsibility whatsoever. Well, that's where I come in. (laughs) You're forcing people to take responsibility. Well, I'm not forcing them. No, but But you're showing them. When they do that, I let them spew it all out. And when they're Mm -hmm. slowing down enough to talk to them, I said, well, that'd be your fault. Yeah, which I'm sure they love to hear. You know it's wicked. You know it's evil. Mm -hmm. So you should be getting a hold of that God you're talking about and find out how we settle that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to read a few scriptures tonight that people, I hope, will take it to heart and listen to it. So in Romans chapter Mm 6, we want to read verse 23. And I'm in the New King James. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life comes through him, but so does life in general. If you're if you're with him and you're in him and he's in you, that's where eternal life comes. Mm-hmm. All right. So the wickedness that's in the world, people have to recognize. And last week when we were talking, we were talking about uh, uh, Jesus did this, dealing with Nicodemus. Um, you know, and he was given instructions there. We talked about baptism, Jesus' baptism. When we look at wickedness and evil, it's in the world, and we have to get out of it. We have to be separated from it. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you said, what did it say about evil or the sin? For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, okay. The wages of sin is death. Wages mm-hmm. is something you earn. You earn or your pay. wages. Mm-hmm. And so your compensation yep. 
for sin, you know, is, for sin is death. And that's the one thing we have to point out here is um, the wages of sin is death, and what what is sin? So if we look at just our separation from God, mm-hmm. um, if that's sin, the separation, and then a lot of things we see and we witness, they come into life, and they're the results of our separation from God. If God is good and God is mighty mm-hmm. and he's powerful and he's invited into our lives and we're sticking very close to him and he's close to us, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of the things we see going on in the world wouldn't be right there with us. They'd be around us, mm-hmm. but we have to stop them in our world we live in. And that's how we do that with a born again experience. Because the wages of sin is death. Something has to die when we're in sin. It might be relationships. Mm-hmm. It might be uh, family. You know, but it could be any. It could be dreams, visions, right? Any of those things. They could all die. Mm-hmm. So the wages of sin is death. That opens up a very broad way to get enveloped in. Mm-hmm. But we want to get out of that, and. Uh, the other scripture I want to go to is in Ephesians, e- Ephesians 2, and verses 7 and 8. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in, G- in Christ Jesus. For it is free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came through, or it came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. When he said that, you're going to save through grace. Yeah. By faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, we've established a couple of times when we were talking, you, you have faith in the thing you have knowledge of. Mm-hmm. If you don't have knowledge, you don't have faith. You can't have faith in God unless you have knowledge of God. You have to read the scriptures to find that. Mm-hmm. All right. So when people use that term, we're saved by grace, many people use it, we're saved by grace, but they leave off the part that it's through faith. Yeah, through your faith. Yeah, and and you have to have faith in God for God to do anything. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the, again, Hebrews says, Hebrews eleven six says, it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. You have to believe that he, he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you want to bring God into the world, it's going to be through faith, and he'll bring the answers we need. But there's things in the Bible that tell us that he will save a nation if people call upon him. So what I want to say is this, that wherever people find themselves in life until they find a reason to change, they stay the way they are. Yeah. So if people are taught in a certain way, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to my life. I, growing up, I knew nothing about God. I knew nothing about the Bible. And yet um, I was living life. And, you know, if I was... Uh, helping somebody rob a place, it was because they needed money. Mm-hmm. And if I uh, took something, it was because I needed it. 
Now, I'm not saying I, I, I didn't know that it was wrong, because I think everybody does. When they're doing something wrong, they know it. You think it's normal. You, you live in a way that you think everybody is normal wherever they're at. And it's almost like before Moses was approached by God to give him the Ten Commandments, there was no sin. Sin didn't exist before the commandments. So a lot of people just lived the way they wanted to live, and that was it. Um, then when law came, you know, people continued mm-hmm. being wicked and evil. Mm-hmm. So the law was drawn up for that reason, to try to start tweaking people's conscience. Even when I was a teenager, there was a little lake not too far from our house. It was called Boot Lake because it was shaped just like a boot. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a relative that at one time was going to build there, and they were living in Chicago, but they bought some of the land there, and they put a slab in to build a house on. And I would take 30, 40, 50 kids at a time from high school and take them up there, and we'd have big parties out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd get pretty wild and crazy. That was normal life for us. That's, that's how I was raised. Whenever you got into those situations, you don't compare it. You don't normally compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. You just live. There was another time that uh, somebody gave me a challenge. They challenged me to drink a fifth of brandy. I was always up to a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I took it and I drank it. I mean, that was without stopping. Yeah. I drank the whole thing. And then after I did that, I hooked up with a person that became a married-in relative. Mm-hmm. He married my cousin. And I hooked up with him, and I said, let's go out. So we took off, and we went bar hopping. After that same time? Yeah. That same night? Mm-hmm. And we went to like four or five different locations. And I vaguely remembered the last place we were at. I just know that we went there, and I didn't know a lot of what went on in there because... That had taken its hold on me so bad that I was unconscious of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But when we left there, we had to go across a bridge to get back to where we were going. And there was a dam just up the place from it. And underneath that bridge was big, big rocks mm-hmm. everywhere. And this was in the wintertime. And when we were coming on the bridge, I started screaming for him to stop the car. And he stopped and you know, he didn't know what was going on. I got out. Now, I'm unconscious to this. And I crawled over the railing. You're like blacked out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He jumped out and he come running around. By the time he got over there, I was hanging on the bottom, right, getting ready to let go and drop down. And he reached over the top and he was in good shape. He played football. And mm-hmm. He was a big man at that time. And he reached down, grabbed my, both wrists and pulled me up over the top of the railings. And I was in such bad shape that he took me to my aunt's house that night and he dropped me off. Three days and three nights, I was unconscious. But in that three days and three nights, unconscious, I lost about 15 or 20 pounds sweating. (laughs) So after three days and three nights, I finally come conscious. Mm -hmm. And my aunt was so relieved. She was so scared to call anybody because I was in her house in this condition that she wouldn't call anyone. So I, when I did come conscious, she was sitting there crying. <laughs> mm. You know, that I finally came back to consciousness and I was awake to talk to. But after that, he, show, he had shown up 
And he was so angry, he said, get in my car. So I got in his car, and he drove me out there. It was several miles. And we got on that bridge, and he stopped. He got out. He come here. Come here. Come here. And I went over there, and he said, look down there. Look down there. My handprints were in the snow mm. where I'd been hanging on. And, boy, did he let me have it. Yeah. <laughs> he was telling me off so bad. And the reason I'm telling that story is because, you know, when I whole started this whole thing, I said, everybody has to be reached by Jesus. Mm-hmm. They have to find him. And when, when, no matter what part of life you're living in, I, I have been in very close con- contact and talking to people that, you know, they're so good in life. You know, they're, they're, the, their behavior is upstanding. But I believe I, I talked the last time about a man that he was in a service and toward the end of it, he just dropped on the floor. Yeah, weeping. yeah, you did on our last one. Yeah. And you know what people would think of as sin, he he never did any of it. Mm-hmm. But when he went down, it was because the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him and he told him, you're on your way to hell because... You're your own God. Right. And that's why, you know, everybody has to realize the wrong things that we think are wrong, the evil that we see, um, they are um, there in this world because of man themselves, not mm-hmm. because of God. God created the uh, Garden of Eden, and he put Adam and Eve in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, he put them in there for the reason that uh, uh, he built a beautiful place for them. Yeah. Um, now, there are things in Scripture we don't know. We, we don't have the, uh, the ability to, to get everything, you know, because God existed from the very beginning before humanity. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, one gentleman that isn't alive anymore, but his name was Charles Capps. And he ministered a lot on the world that was. And there's a gap between uh, Genesis 1 and Genesis 1-2. And he ministers on that, that there was a world before, because God never made anything imperfect. So when he found this earth with void and without form, it was because something happened there before. So when he put man in the Garden of Eden, they were there when they sinned. That caused sin to come down through to every human being born, all right? Mm-hmm. When, when man sinned, uh, God had to get them out of that good place mm-hmm. because there was a tree of life in there, and he didn't want them to eat of that after they have come against him and right. something happened there that caused them their separation with God. And he didn't want to stay in that condition, so he drives them out. Mm-hmm. Now, the world is a place that man has caused to be the way it is. Um, now, I want to read another scripture here at this point, yep. and it's in Galatians, the sixth chapter. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. All right, that's the word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when we when we read that, it talks about sowing to the flesh. Most of the Bible is written on the uh, principles of farming. 
you yeah. know, sowing seed and reaping what you sow. And when he says reaping, uh, sowing into the flesh, that means the, the soulish level of humanity. Right. So whatever you do is for that. Mm-hmm. He said, but if you sow to your spirit man, the spirit is the heart of a person, right? And we're not talking about the uh, blood pumping muscle. Uh, the Bible references the spirit of a man in the gut. Now, I never understood this until I read the Bible. The Bible many people always said, go by your gut feeling. Go by your gut feeling. Yeah. Um, well, you're, the, the bowels of a man were referenced as the spiritual place, you know. Mm-hmm. And the gut of a person has more nerve endings than the rest of the body all put together. So when God's dealing with somebody, he's dealing with them in their spirit. Mm-hmm. And you've got to listen there for God. And he'll give you a peace and an understanding when you're in the right place. So if people don't stop and think about how they're made, they're made of a spirit being, and they have a soul, which God gave us, an intellect to think with and make choices with. Mm-hmm. And then he housed it in a body. So in the garden, Adam and Eve were spiritual beings like God, and when they sinned against God, they were told not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they didn't know evil. Right. They didn't know it. So there was everything was perfect. And then they got deceived by Satan, and mm-hmm. he told them, oh, God doesn't want you to uh, eat of that fruit because you'd be as wise as him. And that wasn't the case because they were already made in his image and likeness, and they were spirit beings. Right. And we see that because when they sinned, the spiritual light went out, and now they were completely flesh. They got put out of the garden for that reason. But the last time we were on, we read John 3, yep. where Jesus made a statement. He said, whatever's born of flesh is flesh. Whatever's mm-hmm. born of spirit is spirit. Until we come to the place of knowing Christ in that manner, you know, we, we have issues. We have, to, we have to come back to God where he wanted man in the very beginning. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Okay, now when, when we just read that scripture... It says that if we sow to our flesh, mm-hmm. just the, our feelings, emotions, and things like that, we're, we're going to reap corruption. But right. if we sow to our spirit being, mm-hmm. the good things of God, we're going to re- reap eternal life. All right? Now, this is very important because whatever people are, whatever life they're raised in, everything. They reproduce it. Yeah, they yes. reproduce it. And, and in their mind, they think it's all good. The reason I'm doing this is why I have to make a point here. Yeah. So let's go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4 in the first four verses. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, 
It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now that earlier when I was talking about that guy going to that wedding and sitting at that table, mm-hmm. he started bringing up passages like this to those people, showing them scripturally that Satan is the god of this world. Mm-hmm. When he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden, he took all legal rights away from them. And he he took them to the point that they lost them and they got kicked out. And now Satan's the god of this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. The only way out of that is to be born again. Now we're going we're not going to at this point get lifted out of this world physically. But we're going to be out of it spiritually. Yeah. So when Jesus said the only way I can get out of this is to be born again of the spirit and the water, he's talking about that governing reign that Satan has on this world. Mm-hmm. So when people be, want to blame anybody, they should be blaming him right. for all the wickedness and the evil because he took over this world. Now, we're living in it. There's two entities at, at work in the universe, God and Satan. God and Satan. Humanity's in there, which they got ripped off in the garden by Adam and Eve failing. But now that it's all set and it's the way it is, we have to find our own way out. Now, there's a scripture in Acts, and we're not going to turn there right now, but I'm going to just say it because we'd, we could turn there later. Mm-hmm. But when people, people asked how to be saved, Peter told them to do the instructions of God and after he gave him the instructions, he said, now go save yourself mm-hmm. from this untoward generation. That's our job. That's our responsibility to find our way and find our way out of the wickedness and the evil. Right. But you can't even tell somebody about it or show them unless you do it for yourself. So when people say this is wrong, this is wrong, and this is wrong, I say to them, well, I guess it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're, uh, you're knowledgeable of the fact that it's wicked and evil but you're not doing anything about it. You're not getting saved yourself. And then I have to start showing them the scriptures to tell them exactly what they have to do. Satan is definitely the God of this world, and that's why he does the things he does, and he gets away with them, because God waits for an invitation. Our God waits for an invitation for people to come into their spirit and take abode there. Mm-hmm. So when you know we see the wickedness and the evil going on, it, it's totally understandable. But it, the only way we can stop it is to come together in unity and bring all good in. My uh, daughter-in-law one time said to me, in the last days before the coming of Christ, wickedness is going to abound greater than ever. Mm-hmm. The other part of the scripture is, but the love of God will abound even greater. Mm-hmm. And she said, where's that love? And at that point, uh, you know, she wasn't even living for God herself. And I told her, I said, it's got to be in you. In you, you have to receive Christ and get him on the inside where the love of God trumps all other things. You don't have a desire. You don't have a hunger for any of that stuff. And that there's a resistance that builds up inside of a person for it to the point that you'll start praying. You'll start believing and praying and praying against these things to go on. We know that God is a good God. He's there's no evil or wickedness or no thought or imagination of it in him. Right. He's perfect. When man failed him, man has to make their way back. 
They have to come back to him. Mm-hmm. And he's made a way for that. But, you know, the, the, again, the problem is that most people think, you know, things are normal. That's the way life is. You know, life was good and it was perfect. And man made it wicked and evil. And then, you know, like when I was raised the way I was, I, I seen nothing wrong. You know, I mean, there was a conscience in me. You know, if I stole something, I knew I, I, I broke a law. Right. You know? And uh, that's why my uncle said to me one time, he said, well, you can be saved. But I don't think I could for all the things I did. And I said, Charles, the only difference between us is you got caught by the law and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, with the God that's looking down on the earth, he's seen everything I did with him. Every sin that I committed, he knows that too. Right. Just because I didn't get caught by the law doesn't mean I wasn't caught, you know. And I think the other thing that people disregard is like we're created by God, but he gave us a free will. That's right. And so he's not puppeteering people on earth. He's there. And like you said, he's waiting for an invitation, but he's not controlling the thoughts and actions of people. And so when people choose to engage in awful behavior, he's not just going to take control because he wants people that want to actually be with him, not that they're out of compulsion or like robotic. You know what I mean? Like he created us as unique, intelligent individuals that can choose a path that is with him. Not that he's yes. just masterminding everything, you know? Right. You know, and, and most people, if they want to understand that more, they should just look at marriage, you know. Mm-hmm. That was a creation of God, marriage. And to bring people together and and cause them to be like one spirit tied together mm-hmm. and in union. And, you know... The funny part about men is, though, they they put on the best side, men or women, they put on their best side when they want to get together with somebody. Mm-hmm. And the only problem with that is they got that wicked and evil side that they don't show until after they're married. And then they think that because they signed a license, everything's okay. I can be myself now. You yeah. Know? <clears throat> with God, he doesn't change. He's good all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to unionize with them, you have to come in in a manner of you, you're going to give up the old person and let that person die so that it can be resurrected in newness of life in him so that you can be one together with him. Right. And, you know, that's a thing that people have to learn. The Bible teaches us exactly what to do. And it's just trying to get people to read the Bible and, you know, or if we read it, listen you know, and pay attention to what we're saying and find your way there. Mm-hmm. But he's not hes not going to reject anybody, you know. You start coming to him and he's going to be listening. I think I mentioned it once before. The, the Bible says that basically there's two prayers that God hears. The prayer of the righteous. Mm-hmm. The Bible says his ears and his eyes are open to the righteous and call of the righteous and somebody repenting. You know, turning their mind, changing their mind, turning their way, and making it toward Him, mm-hmm. and He hears every one of them. And I think, thank God, He heard me. You know, uh, I was in a pretty bad state about that time, 
I just went to a movie last night with my grandson, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a movie about Phil Robertson. Yeah. And uh, was it good? Oh, it was good. It, I, I would recommend it to anybody. They self-produced it, like they did it themselves. They well, didn't go through like a, you know, a big studio or whatever. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a good movie. Um, you know, I turned to my grandson and I said, "I'm 70, 72 years old, almost seventy three, and I said, "I'm weeping in a movie." <laughs> <laughs> but you're kind of soft hearted though, so that's not unusual for you. And when he uh, finally, uh, you know, give a good episode of what he was like prior to his life with Christ, and and uh, that was a pretty murky-looking swamp that he got baptized. <laughs> mm. And uh, most people wouldn't wouldn't think of twice about getting away from that water. And uh, <laughs> but then when the, when he got baptized, the minister that actually uh, officiated it, they, they both dropped in the water just laughing and having fun, you mm-hmm. know, because he just gave up that old man. And uh, the evidence was really strong in that life from the way he was and abusive as, as he was, and God got a hold of him. And uh, you look at where he's at today, you know. So I feel like the big question people always ask, this is what they say. So if God is all-powerful, omnipotent, then why doesn't he just take away all the evil stuff why why do why are there people starving why you know why do people die all these things so i guess in in a couple of sentences how do you how do you sum it up for those people i would sum it up from the very beginning mm-hmm. he made that life for people and flesh chose the other you know it comes he, down to choice yeah absolutely yeah. he put the he put the tree in the garden, mm-hmm. only one tree out of all the vegetation there. Yeah. One. And he said, just don't eat of that one. Mm-hmm. And he, he wanted people to come to him with love. Yeah. Love me like I love you. Right. And if, if you don't love me as much as I love you, you'll go eat of that. Mm-hmm. But if you love me, you won't do it. And he had to do it that way. You know, even when people have children and they're being raised, you know, uh, it's a very hurtful thing to see a child just turn and say, "I don't want, I want to be like you. I don't want nothing to do with this." And blah blah blah. You know, and they throw a fit and they don't want to be in that house. You know, and uh, you know because a couple of our kids tried that, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I said, you know, they, their line was, "Our friends don't have to live like this. Our friends don't have to do this and this." And, I tell them the door's right there, go. Mm-hmm. I said, but when you get over to your friends, you're going to find out what's really there. Right. And you're going to find out that they, they're not doing so well. But go ahead and try it. Mm-hmm. Well, none of them did, thank God. But, you know, that's the first line out of their mouth. Other people don't have to live like this. Well, uh, I did live like that, and that's why I wanted out of it. Right. Know? And, uh, you know, yeah, of course, Christina, you weren't born yet, but when I got gave my life to Christ, they, you know, I sat all three of the boys down on the couch, got down on my knees in front of them, and tears pouring down my face, and asked them to forgive me for what I had them going through up to that point. Mm-hmm. And I promised them they'd never have to suffer through that. Right. So, you know, it was years and years later that my daughter-in-law was preaching a message in church one day, and she was 
were really doing a fire, fired up job. <laughs> and she was talking about how one person will cut something off of a bloodline. How dare somebody go back and pick that up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what exactly what our son did. And, you know, she ended up married to him. But, you know, after she got into the word and found out the truth, you know, that that message came up really strong in her, you know. And she's got a powerful testimony about living through that mm-hmm. and, and uh, trying to get everything better from there. And now they're both on the right track and doing very well. But they experienced the very thing I I said would never I would been, never have a hand in that again, and never allow it in my house. And it wasn't until they turned eighteen and made their own choices, and they had to choose to go out and try it. You know? I think that's a good analogy. Is like as a parent, you can do everything possible for your child, but when it comes down to it, you know it really comes down to personal choice and that's how you like, it just takes one person to make a decision that they're going to cut off that generational curse and like turn things around for a full bloodline. Yeah. And, but there's, there's times, I mean, I've seen people that they're like, they've, they do all the right things, you know? Mm -hmm. And then they have a child that just goes like, way off the deep end yeah and it's their choice to do that yeah and if people pay attention to what we're saying tonight they'll see Mm -hmm. adam did the the very thing right him and eve and they were told not to do it and they did it you know you think about this we had a god that created flesh in such a manner they would never die Mm -hmm. i mean there's there's doctors that read that bible and study and they come up with the conclusion, you know, through their medical training and mm-hmm. reading the Bible, they said a person was never supposed to die. Yeah. The perfect food was in there for the perfect body. Mm-hmm. And it would regenerate itself over and over and over and over and live for eternity. Yeah. And when they failed God, that ended. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're doing all you can in a home and trying to make it in that state of being and somebody hits 18 years old and they say, I don't want it. I'm going out. And they leave in a sense of you know, yeah. going back into that stuff. And then they have to pay the consequences and live out the uh, circumstances of it and go through a lot. And hopefully it's always caught before death enters in you know mm-hmm. and uh but the wages of sin is death we read that in the scriptures you know uh something has to die yeah at all times you know right. maybe it won't be your flesh and totally die die you know and get buried in grave but something in your life has to give you know yeah. it has to die because that's the wages of the life you're in i trust everybody got something out of this tonight Mm-hmm. Um, we encourage you again to follow us and keep up with us because there's a lot of good things we're going to be teaching you if you'll stick with us. Mm-hmm. And we just love you for being there. <laughs>